0: is morning still morning yes good morning everyone thank you David for that song some of you that are old like me remember David when he was just a little guy and now we find ourselves looking up to him especially me at my at my height even Chuck I remember when he was just a little guy too let's see uh, I remember when I was a little guy also so it's good to see you all that you made it out know as we go through the sermons uh, on the Feast of Tabernacles uh, sometimes there's a theme that emerges that kind of defines what the uh, feast at that location is just about and uh, I have noticed that when uh, Ian spoke he started hitting upon words and phrases that you know that sounds like the sermon that I had already made out. And uh, then also listening to Sean and, and, uh, let's see, Mark's not here. But anyway, there were some words and key words and phrases that I took down. And I think these key words and phrases are things that we can probably tie together by the time the feast uh, is over. And some of these phrases are like in days one and two, uh, like... I heard things like this, to lay aside every weight, to look up, to keep your eye on Christ, to look unto Jesus, and that the tabernacles pictures a new world, and not to be discouraged or become weary, and to consider Jesus by following his example of endurance, and that we are to inherit a kingdom that is being prepared for you, it's, it's, what, it's what can keep you going. And mentioned was the God family. That our names were written. That there's the 1000 years. The millennial rule of Jesus Christ that is coming. Our names on a crown. You remember the crown that was sitting uh, up here on the pole. Uh, when Ian spoke. And I still see those crowns in my head. Just like I see that target that he presented to us at the feast once upon a time. I forgot what the message was about, but I think it was keep your eyes on the go. And also, was it last year that he had this airplane or something up there hanging? Pretty good at giving you visual examples. And so some of these phrases and some of these words you can only picture in your mind. And that's what really helps us along. And we also saw that God does not delight in... In the death of the wicked. And. The next messages that we heard was. The kingdom plan. About the kingdom plan that was titled. And that we're going to meet Christ. Someday. That Christ is the cornerstone. Of our faith of our belief. Of everything that we say and do. While we are in this. Temporary tabernacle. This tent that's wearing out. And that the day of the Lord is coming. And that living waters shall flow. And we heard about God's plan that began in the Garden of Eden. That God God is in charge and that we are a chosen generation. Chosen to be a part of that kingdom that is to come as kings and priests and saints uh, to judge the world. We also saw that God is rich in mercy. And that we should rejoice in the Lord Always to focus on the positive that all things work to good to them that love God. And how we should want to think about how does God want uh, us, wants us, to, uh, how God wants to use us and encourage one another and the God of peace will be with you and, you know, uh, write things down that uh, we're thankful for. There's a lot of things we can be thankful for. And so in the sermon this this morning, you will hear some repetition, which uh, can be you know transferred and highlighted in our hearts and minds. And you know, in times past, we've heard comments like, uh, "When the feast is over, the best this was the best feast ever." And sometimes we have to think, "Well, how was it the best feast uh, ever?" So you probably have your handout uh, with you, and uh, this will. It's an outline of the sermon, and you can refer to it, or you can just set it aside and read it later and take a good nap or something. But Jesus said in John 14, verse 2 and 3, he said, talking to his disciples, and he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. If you were a disciple at that time, you would be hearing the words of Christ and the voice in which he spoke that he is going to prepare a place for them if it were not so i would have told you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you unto myself that where i am there you may be also john 17:17 17, 17 tells us thy word is truth so the words that we read in the bible Are words of truth. They are the words of uh, Christ. Who is gone to prepare a place. For you and me as disciples. And he will come again. So where is this house. This mansion. And what is meant by uh, mansion. And when and why will Christ return. When and why will Christ return. And who is a disciple. And what is the reward. And what will they be waiting for? The Greek word for mansions is monai. Uh, it just means a place or an abode or a staying or a residence. So Jesus was telling his disciples about a place, a house in the family of God. And there are many of these mansions, many, kind of like the stars that we see in the sky. Only so much that we can see, but there must be many, many stars. So this reservation, this place that is being prepared, is being held in your name. Just like when you make a reservation to attend a feast. You no, know, you sign up and, and you know it's going to be there when you, uh, when you go. It's being held in your name. So these faithful disciples, like those named in Hebrews 11, they have yet to receive that reward or that promise of everlasting life. But who are his disciples? You can look around the room. And you can see who some of those are. Who the disciples are. But was it just those 12 to whom Jesus was telling about these things? Who, who he spoke to in, in time past? Does it include you and me? Are you know present disciples? It sure does. Because we have committed our lives to follow Jesus Christ and abide in his word. So this promise of the Savior has been passed on to all of us. To all of those who read this and who take heart and believe in these words. So it includes you and me. And Jesus has gone to prepare a place also for you and me. Sometimes when you think about that... and as I was just now reading that, it, it gave me chills. Because there is a place being prepared for you and me. So everything he has spoken is going to come to pass in due time. And for believers. In the time of Christ and modern believers today. In John chapter 8 and verse 31. We know that it is meant for anyone who believes. In the word, in the truth of Jesus. So Jesus said to those Jews. In verse 31 of John chapter 8. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He said if you continue in my word. Then are you my disciples indeed. So the disciples are, are to keep on growing. In, in grace and in knowledge. And in the word of Jesus Christ. Because these Jews that heard uh, Christ. Speak to the disciples. They listened to his word. And they believed. And uh, John 13.35 tells us. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. Today there are many Christians however. Who believe that those who have passed away are right now in heaven. Living in heaven. In that mansion that Christ has, uh, has promised. And that belief of course is a comfort to many. But you know as the scripture tells us. Both saint and sinner are asleep. In a total state of unconsciousness. Unaware of the passing of time and events now taking place. It's like when we go to bed at night. And if it's, uh, if it's a good night's sleep. The night will pass and you wake up and all that time in between, you, you don't know what really happened. As I mentioned before, in, in some time ago, it's about a year ago this month, uh, that I had a, a stroke. And time was lost. My conscious thoughts were lost. But if that meant in some way a kind of a foretaste of you know, what death might be like, you know, to me, I would not have known. I would have just woke up. But instead of waking up in in that mansion in the sky, uh, that millennial time, I woke up in a helicopter. But death, we know, is described as a sleep. And the dead know nothing, the scripture says. In Ecclesiastes 9, these are familiar uh, verses that you've read. Because the living know that they shall die... But the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more of a reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. The things they work for in life. The things they cherish in their thoughts in life. Is just, is just gone at that time. Also their love and their hatred. And their envy is now perished it says. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun, under this present life, under the sun that you know is outside that in under which we live. Second Corinthians five one uh, but we know this that if our earthly house of uh, this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made of hands, eternal in the in, in the heavens. Just as uh, Mark's. uh, uh, Sermon. Split sermon the other day. Mentioned about a building. Had to be measured out. uh, And we as a church are a building. That is to be fitly framed. Paul had referred to his body. In. I think. Back in uh, chapter 410. Where he said. uh, That his body. Was wasting away. And he compared it. Uh, to a worn-out earthly tent. Years ago, you know, a lot of us went down to Big Sandy, and we took our tents, or we took the trailers. We took a trailer the first time we went to Big Sandy, and I doubt anyone still has their tent from 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 that time. But and traveling, uh, I went to follow the other day, and traveling along. Uh, there were trailers you know we used to see a lot of trailers and you'd wonder well these people must be going to the feast because it was that time of year but they were going and to come to understand just what the Feast of Tabernacles is all about that we live in a temporary body but 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen thirty-four to 54 it tells us that we're going to be given a spiritual body which will be our heavenly dwelling when you look around at the powers in the universe even you know the ceiling where you see uh, this light glowing it's something that we have yet to really grab hold of when we become a spirit being and that's what we uh, that's what we're looking toward. We may groan right now through the various trials and temptations and pains and things of that sort. But then there's going to come a time when we are going to laugh and rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. When things begin to look bleak like the message Sean gave to rejoice in the Lord always. So no matter what we have to keep. Our eyes on the life to come when we the living and when we mortals will exchange our body for a perfect and eternal one. So at the return of Jesus Christ, at the resurrection, at the last trump, the dead in Christ are going to be awakened out of their sleep. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive to see him at his return, at his second coming. Years ago, I always thought, well, I'll be around to see that. But uh, that was back in 1972. And uh, he has still yet to come to me in my life. But that's okay. You accept that thing. You still patiently wait for it. Because we know that as long as we have a message to give to the nations, as in the song that we sang, we can... Leave it to uh, the younger people. So that they can carry that message on. It's an ongoing message that that we read in the scriptures. So Christ has yet to come. Revelation 20. I remember Ian reading this. He said behold I come quickly. And my reward is with me. To give every man according as his work. That's his ergon. The toil. His deeds. Or his doings. To Uh, according as his work shall be so you look at this works and you might wonder well what what are we supposed to be doing 1st Corinthians 1st let's go to that one first chapter 15 it, it says behold in verse 51 behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, And the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be judged. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So we, you think about uh, Halloween that's coming up. And you have these uh, zombies and resurrected ghouls and things just ugly looking walking the streets a perversion and an untruth as to what the real resurrection is going to be like I used to keep Halloween because I like to go out and get the candy and uh, sometimes I didn't have a mask or a costume to wear and and my mother gave me a sheet and two holes for the eyes but I wasn't really pleased with that and it, it made me cry but uh So I I thought about uh, some of the the funny things that happened uh, that I've seen on television where a man was giving a a gift of of clear uh, saran wrap, you know, cling paper. You know, it's clear plastic and uh, gave it to his uh, sister-in-law and and, and she looked at it and she said, well, what am I going to do with this? And he said, just... Put it up against your face and you won't need a Halloween mask. (laughs) So there's a lot of things about that particular thing that can draw in people and distract people from the real truth that is uh, we see in the pages of the Bible. John chapter 5 verse 28. Marvel not at this for the hour is coming. The time is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. And shall come forth. They that have done good into, unto the resurrection uh, of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So marvel not. Don't be surprised when you see the dead live again. It's going to be amazing of course. But this power is in the hands of Jesus Christ. Christ, when we see our loved ones, people that we've lost over the years, and we see them, parents, children, probably one of the first things we do after we, our feet leave this ground that we will go looking around, where is my loved one? It's kind of like the movies you see sometimes where two people are running across the field and they're getting closer and closer in slow motion to meet once again that's the way it will be that's what we're looking forward to first Thessalonians chapter 4 Christ was the first fruit who died and was resurrected and next comes the resurrection of those who sleep in Christ and who will rise to meet him in the air at his return but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So comfort one another, encourage one another with these words. These words of truth, these words that we have heard time and time again, So often that, you know, we already know that. So what's new? So we know that those who died are not yet alive in heaven. But there will come that day when they are awakened out of their sleep. So as modern day disciples of Jesus Christ, what are we to be doing? Earlier we saw, you know, that love is characteristic of his disciples. Said to love one another and by this uh, shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. So we have a commandment of love. In Matthew chapter 22 remember Jesus. He was asked by uh, 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 the Pharisees. They said master which is the great commandment of the law. And Jesus said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And all your soul. And with all your mind. This is the first. And the great commandment. Now. We know that one of the reasons. Why we have turmoil. Why we have trouble. Why we, have, why we uh, have trials. In this world. Is because of the waywardness of man. And the hate that is in his heart. Because there is just no fear. Of the eternal. We see this in our world today. So this is. Cause and effect. As a, re- result, as a result, the way of peace man has not known. That's because, in verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. That's right, verse 39. Verse 39 and the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, All of the things that the prophets have preached about concerning the conditions and the situations and the turmoils that they were facing in their day. They spoke the message that God wanted them to hear and that was to turn from their evil ways. From their waywardness toward God and to live in peace with God and with fellow man. So John chapter 14 Jesus said... If you love me. Keep my commandments. And John fourteen twenty one. I may be moving too fast but. Uh, <coughs> thank you. <laughs> he that has my commandments. And. Keeps them. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me. Shall be loved of my father. And I will love him. And will manifest myself. To him. So he that loves Christ keeps his commandments. He said he will manifest himself to them. So there are many ways in our life when we have a trial. When we have a doubt. When we have an uncertainty or a sickness or a fear. Christ will manifest himself in some way to us. Now in the book of Proverbs we see that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That it is the beginning of knowledge. But foolish despise wisdom. They, in other words they disdain. Knowledge and wisdom. And we read that. Wisdom is better. Than the weapons of war. The deep spiritual. Thought that we have to apply. To that. But John chapter 15. Verse 10. Jesus said. If you keep my commandments. You shall abide in my love. Even as I. Have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So obedience to the Father is the same for a disciple as it was for Jesus Christ, who set the example of obedience. In Matthew, we read of a of a man who came to Jesus and he said, "Good Master, what shall I? What good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life?" And he uh, Christ said, "If you will enter into." Uh, uh, the kingdom keep the commandments and then Jesus went over them but you know that the man could just could not give up his wealth we read in Matthew chapter 24 that there is a time coming and it's growing every day it seems that the love of many shall wax cold he said over in Matthew the reason because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold. Revelation chapter twenty-two. Uh, you know, our time is our life. I heard that in a sermon uh, a long time ago down in Big Sandy, and it's it, it's it kind of describes what life is. It's it's our time. It's one of endurance, patience, and faith, and and love, and and labor which are things that are spiritual that are sometimes to do in this physical world and he wrote to the angel of the church of Ephesus he said I know your works I know your labor I know your patience how you cannot bear uh, them which are evil And you have tried them which say they are apostles. That is you know uh, false teachers, false uh, preachers uh, and prophets and you know and the like. And have found them liars because you're not speaking the truth as it comes from the word of God. And have borne and have patience and for my name's sake have labored and have not fainted. Nevertheless I have somewhat against you. Because you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you're fallen. If something comes along. And it it, it comes to our heart and to our mind. That we're not fulfilling the commandments. Or doing uh, what God requires of us. Then we need to repent. And we have to remember those things. From you know where we might be fallen. To do the first works. Because Jesus Christ the spirit warn or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of its place unless you repent we know that the scripture says to love not the world and neither the things that are in it now the work of the disciples is a work of faith the labor of love of patience and hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our father. First Thessalonians. Paul and Silvanus. And Timotheus. Unto the church of the Thessalonians. Which is in God. The father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you. And peace from God our father. And the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God all way for you. All, uh, making mention of you. In our prayers. Remembering without ceasing. Your work of faith and labor of love. And patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In the sight of God our Father. Knowing brethren. This word brethren is brothers. Knowing brothers. And this is used about 15 times in this one particular uh, epistle. uh, Knowing your election. Or your uh, eloquence. Are chosen of God. And chosen to do what? Colossians 1.10 tells us that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So it's a heavenly calling, a call to faithfulness. <clears throat> Rick, uh, <laughs> when we reach about 50 minutes, shine a light or something over here so I can begin to wrap it up because i have sometimes have a tendency uh i I like to go below that amount but uh, oh it's already on (laughs) just kidding (laughs) hebrews chapter three wherefore verse uh wherefore and verse three holy brethren brothers Partakers of the heavenly calling. That's what we all are here for. We're partakers of the heavenly calling. That's why we're here at the feast. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. We heard, you know, the high pri- he's our high priest in the prayer that Steve made. Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses in as much as he who has built the house has more honor than the house. Every house for every house is built by some man but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken of after But Christ is a son over his own house. Whose house are we. If we hold fast the confidence. And the rejoicing of the hope firm. Unto the end. And that's something that's going to ebb and flow. Throughout our life. Throughout the trials and troubles. That come come our way. Verse 7. Wherefore. As the Holy Spirit says. Today if you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Things can go against us so strongly that it just hardens our heart that we sometimes just don't want to hear any more spiritual things. We want sometimes may want to give it up. But harden not your hearts. Because we are provoked almost, almost daily it seems. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works forty years Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said they do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So like a father, like a parent who worries about children, and, and the waywardness sometimes that children go, it grieves the parents. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. Of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. While it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And we are to let no man take our crown. For we are made partakers of Christ. We are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Revelation 2, chapter 26, it says, To him that overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Matthew chapter 24. I'm just referring to this. It says, "Except those days shall be shortened, there should no flesh be saved." So we know there's a time coming when the when the entire world is going to be on the brink of destruction, of ruin, and that no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened, and there shall be s- signs in the sun this is from Luke 24 and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the seas and the waves roaring all of these things that appear are, is going to cause quite a stir and puzzle men's hearts failing them for fear And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and glory. Great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass. Then look up and lift your heads for your redemption draws nigh. So we're going. What's going to happen are some very awesome sights in the skies above. People, nations are going to come under extreme distress and be overcome with fear because they'll see these powers of heaven shaken things will look bad and hopeless and many are kind of feeling that way today but Christ will keep his promise and he said but the end is not yet But it is through much tribulation that Jesus said we will enter the kingdom of God. Matthew 4.17 Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. Repent you and believe the gospel. So there shall come a time of no more war or weapons arms race or military academies. Nations it says shall not learn war anymore. Even the nature of wild animals will be tame. In Isaiah chapter 2, referred to in the earlier sermons, it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come and let us go up to the mountains of the Lord to the house of the of the God of Jacob and he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem and he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Isaiah 11. The wolf also. Shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf. And the young lion. And the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. And nothing shall hurt. In that kingdom that is to come. Remember hearing. Uh, that scripture. That verse. That, uh, that Ian talked about and children shall play I think in the streets they're going to be safe around the the poisonous snakes verse 9 they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain my holy government for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea and there shall come a restitution of all things Acts chapter 3, 19, it talks about being to, to repent and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. And when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached unto you. Whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restitution of all things. So we know that we live in perilous times. But it is Satan who deceives the whole world with falsehoods and deceptions of all sorts, confusion, and various other devices. But he'll be taken out of the way. Go to Revelation chapter 20 and see that. But the saints will receive a crown of glory and everlasting life as priests of God. And reign a thousand years with Jesus. And that the saints shall judge the world. And if the world shall be judged by you. Are you unworthy to judge even the smallest matters. We shall judge angels. How much more things that pertain to this life. Revelation 3. He just says he that overcomes. I will make a pillar. In the temple of my God. And like pillars that that exist in the structure of a house. They are permanent stays. That uphold uh, what is above them. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God. Which is New Jerusalem. Which comes down out of heaven from my God. I will write upon him my new name. He that overcomes. There up in verse 5. The same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father. And before his angels. So the prophet Daniel, you know, he foretold of that time. The time that will come when the saints shall possess uh, the kingdom. That they will be a part. That we will be a part of the family of God in that kingdom to come. So life is both a learning and a testing ground. And many of you have come through various experiences, losses. And tried in almost every way to the ounce, the last ounce of your physical and mental strength but christ has pulled you through the memory of what he has promised and what he can do pulls you through but we are subject to pain and sorrows and trials and tears and worries and constant trials sometimes the trials just don't end but the lord is always aware of our condition our situation and we are called to fight the good fight of faith. Because that fight always comes. When there is something. Uh, not normal. That comes our way. And we read. you know, in, in the set About the seven churches in Revelation. That had ups and downs. And corrections to be made. So we have to overcome. Keep our love toward God. And toward neighbor. Hold fast to that which is good. To what we have. Because. <coughs> That promise of the crown of life and a place is being prepared for each and every one of us. In, Daniel, in Revelation 2.28 it says that he that overcomes and keeps his works. He will give them the morning star. A star as a star that shines bright. Been interpreted different ways but it's a star that shines bright and a lot of people throughout time have looked and seen that morning star that it's referencing bright outstanding right there in the sky and that's the way that describes our change from immortal change from mortal to immortality Revelation twelve seventeen. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, keeping Christ's works and uh, unto the end, when they will be given authority over the nations. My reward is with me, he said, and he will come again. And so we've heard. Previous messages. Like in Zechariah. The days of tribulation will end. And the nations will go up. To keep the feast of tabernacles. In Isaiah 56. It says that from one Sabbath to another. Shall all flesh come to worship before me. Said the Lord. In Zechariah 14. Christ will reign from Jerusalem. And there will be you know, 12 gates. Named after those disciples. And many will go in that day. To learn of the Lord's way. So the disciples of today. Are forerunners of that time to come, learning things, growing in grace and in knowledge uh, of Christ, and following His teachings. I'm just going to refer to Matthew chapter four, verses four through ten, because these uh, have the beatitudes, the beatitudes. They're beautiful words, beautiful behaviors, and all of these are examples of love toward God and toward one another they are characteristic of Christ's disciples who shall, who shall judge even the disciples. So today as disciples of Christ we are now keeping these as a habit and a custom. Knowing that our names are written in the book of life. John seven twenty-eight says he that believes on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers. Of living water. That's a continual source, like a river of energy and life. And that's by the power of the Holy Spirit as spirit beings. So, in this age, in this day and time, we see a world in turmoil and judgment is on the house of God. And that someday, when we are given rulership and authority and judgeships, even, even over the angels, will we be a forgiving And merciful judge you know based on what is right and good there was a man who stood before a judge in California man was charged for killing a condor and eating it the man apologized deeply said he didn't know it was a, a protected bird and so the judge was feeling merciful and he said he would forgive him just don't do it again i won't your honor said the judge and he began to leave and uh, by the way said the judge what did the condor taste like and the man replied oh somewhere between a whooping crane and a spotted owl <laughs> so we look beyond to a new world. And a new normalcy. And the feast pictures that time. That is to come. And that is why we should. Pray thy kingdom come. And thy will be do- done on earth. As it is in heaven. Oh this little joke. That I told you didn't really happen. I just. I just saw it. Uh, Jesus so has. Co- gone to prepare a place. For you. And he will come again that wherever he is there you may be also